1: Welcome back to a new edition of One True Pod, the Athletics Big 12 podcast for now. Uh, we were taping an episode yesterday afternoon, you know, about 2, two o'clock central time. Um, that one went in the trash. A lot, a lot of real real great content that, that you, so you find folks will never hear talking about Big 12 Media Days and NIL and all that stuff. Maybe we'll get there another day, but uh, boy things have changed in a hurry in our world i'm joined as always by jason kersey our oklahoma beat writer and sam con jr our tech expert. um guys what uh what's going on in your world at the moment
2: well it's uh yeah it's been a. Uh a hell of a 24 hours. Uh, I, I would say, I mean, that, that, th- yeah, I think you two were talking in the middle of a conversation. I was like, uh, guys, guys, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I do. That's I true. remember I, we were talking and Jason's like, does anybody in here have a subscription to the Houston Chronicle? And I was like, yeah, that would be me. you yeah. resident Houstonian. Yeah. So I had to log in and read, read the story about, Oh, there's a great you-
1: WTF moment in the middle of that podcast yesterday. That it's unfortunate people won't get to hear because <laughs> you heard our you heard our in- instant reaction to this, um, and now we've had some time to sleep on it. And uh, not that it makes a lot more sense after sleeping on it, but uh, here we are. Um, Texas and Oklahoma are have are, are at the very least flirting with the SEC, if not about to. Uh, enter into a union with them. Um, they're still...
2: They're deciding which way to swipe. They're deciding which <laughs> way to swipe.
1: Yeah. Um, we we don't have a ton of like concrete new breaking information on this as, as of the time we're taping this, although I'm sure today and tomorrow will be wildly busy days. Um, I think what we know right now is... This this threat is is extremely real. This is more than just smoke. Um, and I think if you talk to anybody around the Big Twelve, as as baffled I, I and I and you, I heard from a lot of folks yesterday uh, who were just straight up baffled uh, that this was happening. Uh, this was a this was a total blindside. There was not any warning in meetings uh, between their board on Tuesday or in their recent AD meetings or at media days or anything last week. That would rise to the level of this being a real, real discussion in in the league. And uh, but then, uh, you know, thanks to the, to their former uh, friends uh, in in the SEC, Texas A and M, uh, bringing this to light. Here we are. So let's let's start there, Sam. Um, what I guess as as you've had time to process this, what do you make of not not like the the we'll get into the whether this is realistic and all that stuff but what do you make of just what this means if this actually
3: happens i mean it's a massive sea change in the sport because you are talking two gigantic brands two of the biggest brands in college football two of the winningest programs they texas and oklahoma are in the top six in college football history in wins and those two teams are who are tent poles of the Big 12, leaving the Big 12, which pretty much puts the Big 12 on the clock to extinction, and then joining the SEC, which makes that conference, oh my gosh, crazy, in- incredibly difficult yeah. from a football standpoint. And so there's that. There's the money that happens. Then there's the potential realignment follow- fallout that could happen after that. But to me, it, it, I think the biggest thing, and this is what I focused on in my story today, are the implications for Texas A&M, because Texas A&M left this conference a decade ago to get away from Texas, sure. to establish its own identity, and now all of a sudden, Texas is trying to get in back in that way, and that's why yesterday was so fascinating, because it dropped right before Jimbo Fisher hit the mic in SEC Media Days, and right, as Ross Bjork happened to be in Hoover at SEC Media On
1: location, ready to give statements, yep.
3: That's right, and they planted their flag, and they were the ones talking the most yesterday, saying, look, we don't want this. We want to be the only Texas program in the SEC, and it seems clear to me, and it's in their best interest to do so, that they're going to do everything they can to torpedo this.
1: Yeah, Jason, I think I'm sure you know, and I think we've all known that if, you know, if we go through another round of this uh, realignment, which we all sort of assumed was many years down the road, it stands to reason that Oklahoma would be uh, the one that would have probably the most options, maybe maybe even be the one that's most coveted among everybody as, as big time as Texas is. So I guess how shocked were you? to see you know see this drop yesterday and 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 actually ponder the possibility of the sooners living in SEC country
2: yeah it, it it shocked me because it did seem to come out of nowhere I don't think anyone expected that to drop yesterday but at the same time it, it it does sort of feel like the big 12. I, I don't know if you guys agree with this, but I just feel like ever since the last round, they stitched it back together. They made it work, but it never felt like this was going to last forever. At least to me, I, I, I always sort of thought eventually because there's, they're the smallest conference um, because they, you know, for all those reasons, I sort of assumed that eventually there would probably be some movement. Um, I think it's interesting. The timing, just because there are still, what, four years left on the on the grant of right. rights? And that's what I think is so interesting about this dropping now, because what's going to happen? Are we going to have four years of them being lame ducks in the Big 12? I mean, that's crazy. Yeah. That would be insane. So that's kind of what I want to see is what happens next, because if they announce that they're leaving, can they, can they practically stay in the Big 12 for four more years, knowing that they're not going to be there uh, long term?
1: I mean, there's not... A whole lot of precedent for us to go on with this but yeah i think you have to i think they have to start entering into negotiations about all right you tell us what the number is to get out of here because we're getting out of here you know and for texas and oklahoma <laughs> that's gonna be a big old number um I, I but but i'm with you and that that was one of the things i heard from people yesterday there there is a certain uh, a sense of puzzlement about first of all like just logistically like you know, can they do this? Is this is this really something that can happen in the next year or, or two years here? Um, I think you're right, though. I can, can, I mean, like people are people in this league already hate Texas enough. Can you really go through a couple years of Texas being on the way out and Oklahoma being on the way out? Like, I, I don't even really think that's feasible in any sense because the Big Twelve
3: needs to figure out its future here. mm Hmm. No, I yeah. think I think yeah. it, I think it's impossible to have that happen. I think if this happens, it has to happen sooner rather than later. You can't you can't have them a multi year lame duck. No. I, I, there's no there's no positive outcome of that. Not for the Big Twelve, not for Texas and Oklahoma. The whole thing would be a mess. So I think you have to find a way if they do it to get it done quick. Uh, kind of like the S, the Southwest Conference back in 1994 mm-hmm. when. They announced the nineteen February nineteen ninety four announced the breakup and by the end of the nineteen ninety five season, everything was done. I think I think it has to be that quick at the time. You
1: know, Jason, you I, I think you make a fair point that that since the last round, um, you know, and they add they add TCU and West Virginia and hold it together at ten, um, yeah, you're you're, you're right. There, there, there wasn't some sense that this is going to be the Big Twelve forever. Now, did that mean that they're losing, or, they're, or are they gaining? You know, in the next round, that, that was sort of unclear. But I do think it's interesting that you know, as much as people probably outside of this conference probably look and say, "Oh, look at that," you know, dysfunctional Big Twelve, and and Texas, and you know, up to no good again. OU up to no good. Um, th- this this really fragile conference. What's striking to me is that the things were things were pretty peaceful up until yesterday. You know that this was, mm-hmm. you know, Bob Bowlesby, to his credit really did calm the waters in this conference for the for the past few years and bring some stability. And you know they were I think on the right side of history with their with their decision on the on the cable network and and focusing their efforts more on streaming. I think that um, you know that certainly the the incredible obstacles of last year, whereas we remember around this time last year, you're trying to figure out if there's even going to be a college football season and the leadership in this conference and the, and the, you know um, presidents and chancellors and ADs all worked really, really hard together to save that season. And if they hadn't, then that's three power five leagues that are not doing it. And and who knows how many more Um, from my, my sense from talking to folks yesterday, Like the people on the, you know, those president chancellors have been getting along really, really well. And, you know, even as recently as Tuesday when they had their most recent chat, you would think that if anybody in that room had an inkling this was happening and it it absolutely threatens their entire financial future, that they would be calling it out and confronting this and fighting about this as they are today and going forward, I'm sure. Um, So it is, to me, it it is startling that things had been better, seemingly very peaceful And uh, and that's that's definitely over now
0: looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24 seven U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person any time, day or night. Yep. You heard that right.
2: yeah uh it's definitely over now. I, I think Oklahoma State's statement that they put out was pretty uh, pretty fiery and pretty clear that they understand the implications of this if Oklahoma and Texas were to leave what this means for for Oklahoma state but uh, but yeah I, I really thought your story yesterday captured that pretty well that this this really did come as a shock and maybe that was the point of leaking this i I don't think we want to you know, Go go down too much of a rabbit hole, speculating about who the sources we, we were on this to. story. I think it's pretty clear,
0: but oh, but I, I think, think we, we know. And, and I don't. Like, yeah.
1: I I get it. Like I, I'm sure it pissed off Greg Seki. But like if if you're at Texas A and M, you should be urgent about trying to blow this thing up. You know, you, this is why would you want this to happen?
2: Yeah, absolutely. It makes no sense for Texas A and M. To want Texas or Oklahoma, for that matter, no. to be in the SEC purely from, from a recruiting standpoint. I thought our colleague Ari Wasserman put that very well yesterday in his column. This is a nightmare scenario for Texas A&M. Uh, they're the only SEC school in Texas or so the only one with that branding. And all of a sudden, Oklahoma and Texas, who were your kind of your tormentors for a long time in the Big 12, are now coming and taking all of that away from you. I, I understand why they would want to blow it up completely.
3: Jason, I have a question for you. I'm curious. So I think we know why Texas would be interested in this because they've been middling for a decade. I think they're having a little bit of an identity crisis from a football standpoint. My question is, and I think you you touched on this a little bit yesterday, why would Oklahoma have interest in this? Because they've ruled the Big 12. They've been able to get in the college football playoff consistently on their own without anybody else's assistance. Yep. They're in a much better spot than Texas is. So why sure. do you think they would be interested in making this move?
2: I I think long-term stability is, is a big part of it. I mean, I just don't know that maybe they look at, at what has recently sort of happened with the TV negotiations and things and think that, Hey, this, this thing long-term isn't maybe stable. I think I think too. I, I I think depending on how you look at it, Oklahoma, right now, if you finish second in the Big Twelve in a four team playoff, you're definitely not getting in. That's obvious. Yeah. If you finish second in a twelve team with a twelve team playoff, you still might not get in. But if you finish fourth in the SEC and you're Oklahoma, you're getting right. in, right. right? I mean, I I think that it kind of makes sense from that perspective that long term, um, it's better to be in the SEC. We've seen. That the college football playoff committee very much values the SEC, the SEC schedule. They respect the 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 grind that people go through in an SEC schedule. Um I mean, obviously TCU and Baylor in 2014. I know we always talk about that, but I mean that's I, I just think that long term you're in a better position if you're in the SEC. I think it makes actually a lot of sense from OU's perspective. I just didn't expect this to happen when it did, I guess. I,
1: I, I wonder if there's, you know, and I'm very curious to hear what beyond money is, is that kind of justification that, that if, if we, if they really cross this bridge and and burn the bridge on the way of crossing it, um, if, if this move happens, I, I'm very curious to hear the just justification on the Texas and the OU side, about why they felt they had to do this and, and had to do it now. But I do wonder if there's a, a piece of this, that is just sort of looking over the fence and being fearful of the differences uh, that, that that they're sort of seeing this year, and by that I mean we we've seen you know lots of people have written about the the, the financial gain of, of of being in the SEC and their the situation with their TV deal um, of, of how much money they're they're about to start bringing in from that, um, and so can you know Texas is at a in a position where like before the pandemic. There, you know these schools were all getting close to about 40 million a year. Um, Texas gets to make the extra 15 million a year off of LHn Oklahoma gets to make an extra seven million a year on, for their third ter- tier rights which are now with Bally Fox and uh, you know they were already in a great position relative to where the SEC was a couple of years ago. but I do wonder if like the what you, what everyone went through in 2020 factors into this too and what did the SEC do this year? That I think other people are, other leagues are just not positioned to do. They handed out $23 million to each athletic department in the SEC to say, hey, we're gonna help you mitigate the losses you had last year from the pandemic by borrowing from our future TV deal, which is that fat that we can make a move like that. And that's just something you can't get in the Big 12. And, and I'm, I'm not saying that's the only reason to make yeah. a change, but I do wonder if that show of strength. Which happened at around the same time the Big Twelve was trying to talk to ESPN and Fox, and they said, and those um, partners said, mm, "Nah, let's not talk about it right now." I do wonder if that, combined with just sort of the strength that Greg Sankey has shown throughout his tenure, has has led to this leadership saying, "I think we need to be partnered with this guy over here."
3: I think you hit the nail on the head, Max, because you mentioned the twenty three million supplemental, which I think was huge. And then, of course, remember, the SEC hands up $45 million a year for its media rights. That, for each school, $45 million a year for each school. And everyone that is gets with, equal share there. That's a di- that's different right, from what's going right.
1: on in the Big 12 right now.
3: Right, because everybody's third-tier rights are pooled for the SEC network, yep. which is owned by ESPN. But that $45 million a year... Is with a current first tier deal with CBS that's only fifty five million a year to the conference. Year. Yes, the the ESPN contract that starts in twenty twenty four is three hundred million dollars a year for the conference. So it is almost six times as much for the tier one rights for the SEC's package. So you take that forty five million that every school gets right now, and then you tack on how much how much six six more times on first tier rights for the conference and add that to your personal distribution all of a sudden you're looking at the SEC lapping the field. And and that's in, something
1: that came in up in rights. conversations yesterday is, you know, and, and certainly ESPN is going to have to pony up even more money to make this work because no one in the SEC is going to have their share diluted. They they want the full payout and so will Texas and Oklahoma. So, but the question is is that are are these SEC folks going to start getting 70 million a year? 80 million? I mean, what's that number going to be? and if it's if you put it in those stark terms maybe this is pretty simple for Texas and Oklahoma
3: if you put it in 70 80 million a year do you know what that's you're you're starting to reach the middle tier big 12 athletic budgets right baylor and texas tech operate in the high 80s low 90s in annual operating budget so you're talking distributing an entire athletic budget to a conference school
2: Oh, man.
1: Now, there's a, there's a part of this you put that, it that way. should have probably led with, Sam. Um, can you think of a spicier way for us to get the Texas-Texas A&M rivalry back to <laughs> annual games?
3: That and See, there's a lot of reasons I don't like this idea because I think we're getting away from and we've long gotten away from what college football was supposed to be and had and was for a long time. And th- this goes back to my Southwest Conference yep. love. I grew up as a Southwest Conference football fan. But if there's one reason I love this move, it's to get that game back. Because I have missed Texas, Texas A&M. And I think a lot of people have, and I think you've gave a lot of people truth serum, take away all the hurt feelings about the breakup, that if you said, hey, you can have Texas, Texas A&M, Thanksgiving this fall. I think most people would take it because it's a lot of fun. It's a great game. It's a rivalry. It's part of what makes college football great. Uh, I understand why they don't do it anymore, but that if there's one reason I love this potential idea, it's that it's the fact that we could get that game back together. And there's no way that either school could get out. And now, now what yeah, if,
2: so, sorry. Sorry, Max. Well now would they would A M want to try to find a way to not play them every year, like being in different pods, being in different divisions, would they insist on that as some part sort of deal? Or would they have to play every year?
3: I, I'm sure they would try to. And that, that would be the curious thing for me. I saw the SEC network post a pod set Proposal. up, potential pod yeah. set up this morning, and yeah. they would have Texas and Texas AM in different pods, and I was like, no. Don't do that. Put Texas, Texas A and M, Oklahoma, and either Arkansas or Missouri in one of the fourteen pods. I think that that's the only way to do it. I think you you put those like geographically uh, similar schools together. But yeah, I'm sure I'm sure they would because again, I go back to what I said earlier. Texas A and M left the Big Twelve to get away from Texas. Yep. So you sure as hell are gonna believe that they're not—they're gonna try and stay away from Texas if there's any it, kind of pod totally, in the totally this
1: this whole dynamic that that you've been living in for a long time there, Sam, of Texas folks saying, "Oh, A and M needs us; we don't need them," and A and M folks saying, "Texas needs us; we don't need them." Um, is, this whole dynamic to, totally changes in a crazy way if Texas ends up joining A and M in the SEC and trying to sort of match or take away those advantages that AM has had over them since twenty twelve. But I I think there's another part of this that we have to talk about, and that is AM ain't the little brother anymore. And I don't think they go back to that the day Texas joins the SEC. I just don't think so. They have they have done a very smart, very good job of building up their athletic department through through SEC membership and, and changing and improving you know boosting the perception of what they're doing there. And so for me, it's like when if Texas goes over to the SEC, the thing that is a, a little bit of a head scratcher to me, I, I understand this is good for recruiting. I understand this is good for long-term financial security. But Sam, does it does being in the SEC really fix and, and solve Texas's problems?
3: No, because their problems have been mostly on the field and administratively. So you've had a lot of turnover in athletic administration. You've had a lot of turnover at your head football coach. This does not fix those things. This actually probably makes it more challenging because now all of a sudden you're sharing a conference with Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M, who has now essentially matched you and in some ways has surpassed you over the last decade in football. They, Texas A&M has certainly been more stable on the field in the last decade than Texas has. They they, they had their two top five finishes in the last eight years. Yeah. So I, I don't know that it does fix it. It does give you a recruiting boost because if there's one thing that guys pay attention to in recruiting, it's who puts players in the league, and the SEC does that. Yeah, but
1: but it's like – it's. All, I can understand there's probably Texas boosters who are like, you know what? all these players that are going to Alabama and LSU and Texas A&M to go play in the SEC, they leave this state, now they're going to come play for us. It's like, I think there's are still going to go to A&M, and I think even more of them are probably going to go to Oklahoma now that Oklahoma's in the SEC. You know That's what I mean? Right. That's right. I don't think that that – Now, if Texas has stability and you know they have a head coach, the same head coach for a freaking decade, and they get rolling, then yeah, Texas – as I've always said, can be a Death Star in this whole thing, but I don't think that that flips overnight when you're in that league, especially when the people you're going up against for recruits all have the
3: same advantages you have. Yeah, it doesn't. Flip. It's not a, a switch, a flip of a switch right away. There's no, there's no doubt. It's not an overnight fix. Tech, the issues at Texas have never been an overnight no. fix, and that is why we're sitting here, at, you know, with a fourth head coach in the since you know in the last ten years. Yeah. So. That 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 is that is what fascinates me about this whole thing, too. What just do you make that, of
1: that part, Jason? Just the the Texas, like does it in trying to make sense of where Texas fits in the SEC?
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a that's a fascinating question because that's the thing that I've been thinking about a lot over the last twenty-four hours or however long this has been, is does this really fix does this really fix their problems? Because I, I I don't I don't know that it does. But I, I I don't know I I don't I don't know where they fit now, in now. I SEC. should be clear. I think there, you know be- it,
1: this is it goes beyond football. And right now, you know, Texas just had as an athletic department. You know, they just finished number one in the Directors Cup. Crystal Connie's vision is to be top ten in every sport, and they're doing pretty well by that standard. Other than in football, um, and 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 then went and just made an incredible hire for basketball too. So. I know it's not it's it goes beyond football when it comes to Texas Athletics and and they are, you know, have the biggest value and budgets and all that stuff for a reason, but um it's it it, it seems a little brazen to me for uh, for for if you just imagine those uh those those Texas board of regents and boosters and all them to think well, you if you slap the SCC logo on our jersey, now we're, you know, we're, we're definitely number 1 in the world, you know.
2: Yeah. But, but, you know, as exciting as all those other sports can be, and I think Texas baseball in the SEC would be awesome. Honestly, like that fits. That's a great fit, but and not to disrespect the other sports, but it kind of is all about football, Mm, isn't it? I mean, football is really what matters here. I, I hate to say that. Not that I don't enjoy watching other sports, but football is the thing that matters. And until Texas gets good at football, we're going to have that same sort of opinion about their athletic department, even if they win national titles and everything else.
3: That's what's driven the bus on realignment. It's what drove the bus on realignment 10, 11 years ago. It's what's going to drive the bus on realignment this time around. The other fascinating part about this to me, and I think this goes without saying, and Max, you you think you touched on in your piece a little bit, is what happens to everybody else in the Big 12 if this happens, because it becomes a real problem for Baylor, Texas tech, Oklahoma state, Kansas, Kansas state, Iowa state, you name it, it becomes a huge issue. And where does the big 12 go from here? If this indeed happens. Yeah. I, I,
2: I, I, I I got a question is, is Oklahoma or Oklahoma and Texas doing to the big 12, what Kevin Durant did to the Oklahoma
3: city thunder. I mean, the Oklahoma city thunder still exists. No,
2: (laughs) it still exists. It still exists, but yeah, it's not but the same. You
1: know, uh, no, yeah, it, that's a good. That's a, that's not a bad comparison, Jason. Because in the case of Kevin Durant, how close were they to actually winning titles? Right, just as just as the Sooners are. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, that's pretty good. I I look. I I think there will be plenty of days ahead here where we can do the whole draft out who should be in the big 12 and who, who fills these slots and all that stuff. If this all comes to pass um, and, and, and how do you solve? to, and I talked about this on Andy Staples pod last night, but it's you, you almost have to start that question by saying, okay, does the big 12 race to fill those spots and say, everything's fine. Or do, are the vultures already circling and saying, is the big 10 saying, you know, is there value in Kansas basketball or somebody else in the, in the big 12 do other leagues look at the situation and say, this is probably our chance to swoop in and not to say everyone's going to go to super conferences, but this is, can, can the big 12 sort of uh, (laughs) uh, patch up these monster wounds uh, and, and add, add something uh, before other folks try to leave or, or is leaving inevitable.
3: That's the timing of the thing, and, and you, can, you can bet your bottom dollar that Houston, SMU, UCF, Cincinnati, Memphis are all trying to position themselves. Yeah. That if the Big 12 tries to piece this thing together, keep the eight remaining schools that it has, that they're going to try to get those two or four teams from the American into that league and try to keep it with some sense of long-term stability, uh, which is kind of a silly term to use when you talk about the Big 12, but... I think if the league is going to survive in any form, that's probably the only way it does. Uh, otherwise, I think everybody's going to be looking out for themselves as soon as Texas and OU bail.
1: Look, and I'm, I'm, I couldn't be more sympathetic. Like, if you are a fan of those eight uh, schools, this is pretty terrifying position to be in. You know it is. I mean, as you guys remember, the last time we went through this when, when, when the whole uh Pac 12 or excuse me pack 16 exercise was in play i mean some of these schools are calling the mountain west and saying what about us you know is this where we need to go i mean and, and that's i i feel horrible about that I, I i i i've you know i we do this podcast because we enjoy covering this league and how unique it is and it's it's pretty terrible to think about a day i mean imagine jason if if we're putting bedlam on hold for, for, for the near future.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to think about, but you know, at the same time um, I I think there was a time when we couldn't fathom Oklahoma and Nebraska not playing every year. And then they went to playing, you know, twice every four years or whatever. And now they don't play at all. Uh, Well, obviously this year, if if it were up to Scott Frost, they wouldn't be playing at all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, So, I mean, who could have ever imagined Texas and Texas A&M going this long without playing? I mean, these things happen as college sports evolve. I hate it for Oklahoma State. I hate it for Texas Tech. I hate it for Baylor. I hate it for Iowa State. Iowa State, just as Matt Campbell's really getting that thing rolling, um, I I feel terrible for them. They've been able to keep him when so many people, other people have wanted him. And uh, if all of a sudden Iowa State is a... Uh, You know, a group of five school. I mean, does that I I, I don't know. I don't know how that changes things for them. And so I I do. I hate it for the rest of the teams in the league, but I'm not surprised that that it's happening.
0: Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a... real pos you need shopify for retail shopify pos is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments to managing inventory shopify has everything you need to sell in person with shopify you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth
1: A lot of um, hard fights and late nights ahead in the Big 12 uh, to, I guess, try and find a way to put a stop to this. Sam, I, I, I know one thing people gravitated toward yesterday was, well, can A M rally support to block a vote on this in the SEC where they need 11 of 14 uh, to approve it? I, to me, the more you talk to people, I – the way Andy put it you know, last night when we did that podcast was it's like, is anyone really going to uh, oppose Greg Sankey like that? Does anybody, no matter how they feel about it, is, is anyone actually going to be bold enough to, to take that vote besides Texas A&M? So do, do you think that's, should people cling to hope that that, 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 that vote can uh, be swung or do we feel like if this is what Sankey wants to do, it's going to
3: happen? I think it's a double-edged sword. I think, Texas A&M, in part, is taking its strategy in an effort to try to garner those votes. But I also think that given the non-denial denials we got yesterday, that this thing has enough legs, that I feel like there's no way this gets out unless Sankey felt like he had the votes for it. So we know A&M is a no. I saw Kirk Bowles yesterday report that he that Missouri would be a no. But You still got. You still need two more. And I don't know who the other no's are. I know some people have said Arkansas, but I think Arkansas could benefit from being back in the league with Texas. Yeah. Agreed. And, I completely and agree. So, so I don't know again, that they are a no.
1: I'm sure that would be welcomed, you know?
3: Yeah. And, and then the, the question is, is who are the other no's? Uh, and there are reasons for other teams to be no's. I think there's reasons for the Mississippi schools to be a no. There's reasons for teams in the bottom half of the league, so to speak, to be a no because essentially you're adding two powers that are going to keep you even further away from championship contention. But then when we talk about the money that we discussed earlier and these massive media rights distributions that you're talking, that talks a lot. And when it's realignment, follow the money. Yeah, follow the money.
1: And and you know I, I think there's a, a there's there's going to be a difference between. What do, what do people want to do and what are they going to do when it comes to that kind of a vote, right? Because I think there's uh, – I'm, I'm sure that uh, that Sankey's going to probably put AM in their place a little bit to what extent, I don't know. But um, I think that they, they will be pushing for unity here. And you're right, it goes to money. And also I think that um, the timing of this is wild because I, I, I think if you are, you know, say at Ole Miss and you're trying to win the SEC, you're trying to get back on top – I, th- I think even with bringing two more in here, the 12 team playoff still gives you hope that you can still do it. You know, if this were a four team world, you'd say, "Man, we are pretty boxed out here." If this is what the 16 team SEC looks like, but um, and that and then that's that's another piece of this that in talking to people yesterday, they were shocked. Is like the 12 team playoffs not official yet? It's not done yet. So why are they? Why do this move now before that's even on the books? But uh, or, or and we don't even know what year it starts, right? But Um, I I have to think that part of it as much as we sort of assumed that that would help Texas and OU quite a bit um, and help the big 12 quite a bit. um, Maybe this is Greg Sankey trying to, trying to stack the deck here before it even starts.
3: I think it also goes back to the TV negotiations and the fact that ESPN and Fox basically said, nah, we're not ready. So they've treated the sec, which they gave figure in $300 million a year for 10 years during the pandemic. But the Big 12, we're like, ah, let's not do it just yet. And I think that speaks volumes about where the conferences sit in the landscape. And I think Texas and OU realize that. It, it,
2: the, the the one one thing we haven't talked about yet is, and I don't know how much this factored in, and I'm sure it these wheels have been in motion for a long time, but the OU's uproar over the big noon kickoff stuff <laughs> and the 11 a.m. kicks. Just remember, we were just one week ago. We were in Arlington. And Bob Bulsbee was basically saying, "Sorry to OU about the Nebraska thing." Eh, yeah, you signed the contract. Right. I mean, that was just one week ago. I, I, I'm not saying that is the reason this is happening, but OU's been pretty frustrated with their TV stuff.
1: I, I wanted to ask you, Jason, and it's our, I we'll, we'll see how this develops here over the next weeks and months and years, whatever. But like, what was the reaction yesterday that you, as you gathered from? just Oklahoma fans about this idea. Like, are they all about this? Are they sort of like scratching their chins about, is this a good idea? Like, is this, where is the, like, what was the instant reaction in, in, you know, your area
3: there?
2: I, I would say this. I think that OU fans, at least my read on the pulse of OU fans is that they love this, is that they're, they, they love it. This is what I think that a lot of OU fans, have wanted to get out of the big 12 for a while, have always felt like they're sort of pulling the conference along that there's not, you know, there's not a ton of, I mean, they've won the league six years in a row, which is great, but it's also, I don't know. I I think that they, I think that OU fans look at the big 12 and say, we're not getting prepared for the playoff. We're not uh, playing a tough enough schedule. We're the ones driving this whole thing that maybe it's better to, to go be in a league with, other schools that are more on your level. I think that I think OU fans generally are very excited by this, at least based on the people that I've heard from and talked to.
1: You feel like Texas fans, same way, Sam, it's going to be easy to get behind this.
3: Yeah, without question, because it, it, it puts you on more stable ground. It's a financial yeah. boon. And I've already seen comments out there about what it means for Texas recruiting and how much of a boost, because if there's one thing in the Texas Texas A&M battle, that has been an edge for AM. It's been, hey, we can sell that we're the only program in the state of Texas in the SEC. And the Texas state of Texas recruits pay attention to that. And and they know that. They know which league puts the most draft picks in the NFL. So I think this helps you at Texas eliminate that recruiting advantage from your chief rival. So I, I think there's no doubt that the Texas fans are on board with it. Is it the cleanest, is it the prettiest thing to do? No. But long term it puts you on more stable ground and helps your football program. I
1: think. Well, and the sad thing with all that, when we talk about recruiting, uh, makes makes recruiting a lot tougher at the other big toll schools right now too. Because I think any big time. any recruiting parent is saying, "So what's what's going on here? What's the future? What 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 league are we playing in? Where? How far am I traveling to see my kids play?" You know, um, that is a tough thing that they're gonna have to figure out some answers to pretty quickly here. The,
3: Matt Wells and Dave Aranda and Gary Patterson's job just got a lot tougher on the recruiting trail.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was wondering, Jason. Do you think that OU and Texas just rent out the the Cotton Bowl by themselves in October, or can the Big Twelve just be super petty and just put like Oklahoma State versus TCU in that uh, in that venue uh, in October? <laughs>
2: <laughs> that would be hilarious. That would be hilarious if if they got that petty. Now, um, it's going to make Red River this year fun, isn't it? I mean, the, this talk is is going to make this season just completely change. The whole uh, aura around the yeah. season completely changed yesterday. And so uh, I feel like everything is going to be viewed through the lens of, is this the last season? Is this the last ride for OU in Texas? Is this the last time OU is going to play Oklahoma State for a long time? Is this you know the last time Texas Tech is going to play Texas? I mean, these are the... This these is going to be ugh, these are going to be the conversations we have all year.
1: I, I joked with Andy last night. I think we're going to finally find out what people think about the Texas Longhorns. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, definitely, are, are there going to be? I mean, people already hated Texas, but this is very much like a people uh, when people stop being polite and start being real, you know.
2: <laughs> uh, well, uh, so so now, like this season, are, are the other coaches or Dave Aranda, Mike Gundy going to say, screw it, I don't care, throw the horns down, do it
1: Oh, we gotta, I mean, yeah, we gotta drop the horns down rules, for sure
2: Yeah, I mean, the Big 12 has no reason to protect their their precious little feelings anymore, do they?
1: No, I reckon they don't <laughs> I don't think that's going to be high on the agenda for their next meeting, to, you know, today or tomorrow or whenever it is But hopefully they get to it at some point here, you know <laughs> good lord. Well guys, uh thanks for uh you know getting a little coffee in you this morning and uh trying to uh put your heads uh pull, you know just pull your brains off the off the you know off the floor here and put them back together and try and figure out what we're doing here. I don't know about you. I it, this was just I know it, it this is a wild time for both of you obviously in covering these programs, but there's still a part of me going to bed last night that was your mind's just racing about like holy moly, I can't can't believe this is happening you know
3: mm-hmm. yeah no i i followed my story about 12 30 in the morning and then i don't think i went to bed for another couple hours just because it was it was a bit to come down from it it's crazy it, it would be a massive change that would alter the college football forever i think it's it's incredible that we're here at this point in talking about it because just last week like we said we we're at big 12 media days and bob bowlsby is touting the stability of his conference and, and now here we are talking about anything but that so uh it's fascinating but i had a lot of fun chasing it uh, the, some of this realignment stuff can be a little crazy and a little bit of headache but the the initial rush of chasing it yesterday i thought was a lot of fun so uh it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks
1: yeah there there, there will be content uh there will be. <laughs> be there's just and there's just so many angles and details and aspects of this that are crazy to to kind of uh, unravel so uh much to discuss and write about ahead so thanks for listening today folks stay tuned for more updates on this wild saga and, and please subscribe to our show one true pod on apple or spotify Leave us a review and a good rating and and, and find all of our stories on The Athletic. If you're not a subscriber to The Athletic, you can sign up with our latest promotional offer at theathletic.com slash one true pod. You're going to get comprehensive coverage of Oklahoma, Texas, the future of the SEC and Big 12 and everything else. So now is a great time to sign up and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening.